0: Are we episode 10, Jacob? I'm not going to count it, so it's probably 10 or 11. We'll say 10. 10 10-ish. 10-ish, depending on how many parts. But uh, we do have our biggest thought leader to date. I don't think it's close. By a long shot, other than Jacob, uh, Ryan Dice,
1: CEO of Digital Marketer. Uh, Ryan, it's good to have you here. Good to be here. Good to be described as the biggest. Um, I want everybody to know, since this is an audio program, that I'm incredibly tall.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's yeah. actually, I am looking up to him yeah. as we speak. So tall,
2: also the tallest guest we've. Yeah, uh,
1: so t- so tall, freakish. The, so, the, someone describing as freakishly tall.
0: Yeah, children
1: are afraid. Mm. So
0: <laughs> no, the uh, the the CEO with the most uh, NBA potential. If you ever choose yes. a different, if <laughs> yes. you ever choose a different <laughs> career path, absolutely. Well, either way, it's really fantastic to have you here live uh, in Boston post inbound. You gave a talk at our conference uh, straight from Texas. Um, you couldn't leave and go back to Texas without coming on carry the water though. So um, I was pretty sure that
2: you just came out here. He was, to be on he carry was begging and to then go it was on. Like, oh, come to inbound too, I guess
1: someone, it was the main reason I came out. And yeah, when I was there, I was like, I might stop by this other little event that's going on in town. Yeah. So some
0: would say it was it was pandering the amount of texts I got from him asking <laughs> to be on. <laughs> so there's a sign outside. It says no soliciting. And <laughs> I'll be giving you that after. <laughs> um, well, either way, it's, it's really good to, to chat with you again, uh, a, a, Big reason we wanted to talk to you is I feel like you have a very strong, well-known brand as the CEO of Digital Marketer. We do want to talk about that, too. But one of the things that's difficult to learn is what made that brand and where you came from, kind of what experiences you've had. So it would be great to just hear, again, like kind of your background now and and where you started.
1: Yeah, it's funny because you talk about me being a brand. That's something that I can't even imagine happening because everything that's occurred thus far has been an accident. Right, Or it's been responding to something that was happening in a moment. There's nothing that I'm looking at today that if you'd have asked me you know, five, ten, certainly 15 years ago that I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I mean, I got started, god dang, in 1999, I made my first sale on the internet just because I needed money. You know, I just needed some freaking money. Yeah. And I had a job, <laughs> but I also had bills and, and I didn't know another way to do it. I was like, hey, this, this 1999, this internet thing seems like a big deal. I'm going to see if I can sell some stuff. And, um, and that was always my deal. I mean, I remember when I was a little kid you know, my, my buddies like, he'd go and make origami figures and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I could sell that. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, my whole deal has always come down to, uh, you know, I needed money. I mean, and as basic as that sounds, I think that there's a lot of people today who, uh, they were given everything. They kind of had it. They didn't, they wanted for nothing. And, um, that was always what drove me. And now, you know, it's no longer about the money. I mean, yeah, there's still stuff that I want. But, I mean, you reach a certain point in your career where it isn't about that. But for me, there was always, I always wanted more. And I look at a lot of people who, um, who are just kind of existing, they're going through. They haven't really taken any time to figure out what do they want. And at some point, man, this stuff is hard. I've screwed up a lot. You know, I've, I've, I've almost gone broke. And caused other people to go broke Right along with me a number of times So if there's not something more that you want That's really driving you, I know that's cliche I know everybody says that But the very first thing with me is I met a girl my freshman year in college I met a girl and uh, I knew pretty quickly Like hey this is probably the woman that I'm going to marry Like but I'm 19 years old And we've been dating for like two weeks So I didn't tell her that because that's freaking weird right um, But but I remember thinking like that In that moment I was like oh my god Like uh, this girl's awesome and like, I didn't set out to get married early on or anything like that. And I, again, I, I didn't propose it right then and there, but I was like, dude, you gotta get your stuff together. Cause you're going to have to be a grown up at some point. You're going to have bills and you're going to need to pay for all this. Like, and, and so just, I remember the reality of that hitting me and I said, I need to figure out, you know, what I want, what I want to do and how I'm going to make my way through this world. And so uh, I, some of the best advice that ever got was, um, look for people who have the lifestyle that you want. Look for people who are old, rich, and happy. <laughs> old, rich, and happy. I yeah. to it. every oh, wow. like Oof, old, a, literally a... old, rich, and bitter <laughs> people out there. <laughs> yeah. and so the the only
0: thing that that is a question there is I find it hard to believe that it can only be born out of necessity. Like that that, that there only a necessity for you to do it uh, because other people in that position they take a second job or they 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 find some other way to try to generate income and revenue and you move towards innovation and, and that new thing called the internet that you talked about. So what, what drove you to that? Like that feels like a separate thing than just necessity.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, to be clear, I, I did, I got a job, I had a job and then I went and I started trying to get internships. Like anybody who I saw who was in a field who was like, old rich and happy. I was like, can I, can I get a paid internship? Can I do something to earn extra money and to learn? Right. And, and then also on the side, I started this internet thing because I'm a student at the University of Texas at Austin. By the way, I live in Austin, not Texas. Hukum, they're by very the way. different. Yeah, and, indeed. But um,
2: we're from Boston. We have no—at least I am. I have no idea where that is. It's yeah, near California. It is. Know. Yeah, somewhere
1: somewhere down <laughs> south by California. Cool. No, but I mean, so I'm I'm living in in Moorhill dormitory, and right across the street from me is Jester Dorm, which is where you know Michael Dell started Dell Computer. Sure. So again, it wasn't like this amazingly astounding, like lightning bolt idea is it was, it was 1999. The dot com era was everything is like, yeah, I'll try that, too. Sure. And so I think at some point, you know, much of my career has been about trying enough things. You know, we're right now just down the street from Harvard University. They did a study um, some some years ago looking at what, what are the reasons that some businesses su- uh, succeed and others fail. Sure. They looked at, you know, leadership and how much money do they raise and all that. And the one unifying factor they came down to is. The, the ones that succeeded just didn't run out of money before they ran out of ideas. <laughs> right. And so I tried a lot of things. And the thing that worked the best was uh, I uh, actually the way I got into this, I, I was I was doing web design. On the side, that, that was the first thing. Even though I didn't know how to do it, really. Yeah. Um, my very first client was a lactation consultant. Ooh. Yeah, which is. Um,
2: I have to ask you what, because uh, I always joke about this with one of my buddies. What language were you? I think my buddy used to use Adobe Front Page. Adobe Go
1: Live. Oh man. Microsoft Front Page. Was wow, Microsoft. At, yeah, we yeah, go. I had a pirated version of, a, of Adobe Go Live. Oh, let's go. But yeah, this first uh, client was a was a lactation consultant, which. <laughs> you know, they're, they're one of I me, mean, I got four kids now, so I'm, I'm totally down with it. But when you're 19 and you're building a website with like breast pumps and stuff like that all over it, your roommates tend to think that you're a little bit creepy. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, she couldn't pay me and we had created this little ebook for her on how to make your own baby food. And I was like, screw it. I guess I'll try to sell this right on, on the internet. And it worked. I was like, God dang it. I'm making like a couple of sales a day of this $14 book. Like. This is a lot of money. So really, I wish I could take credit for like, I sought out innovation. I could see this big wave coming. Heck, even when it worked, I still saw it as a moneymaker. You know, even when I, you know, got enough money together to actually buy the engagement ring, you know, years later and, you know, proposed and she said yes and all this stuff. Like I still, when I left college, I went and got a job in the real world. Now I was only there for six months. Because I was like, okay, I hate it, and I got options. But, but man, I got to tell you, like, it, it, this is not about having the big idea, right? This is not about seeing around corners. This is not about, like, having an ability to in- innovate. It really is just about having a plan B and a C and a D and an E and an F and a Q and going and going and going and not giving up until you're dead.
2: Yeah, I think that one thing I would kind of that I have a question about is this idea of money, right? I think it's something that that I definitely resonate with it it, for myself and kind of wanting more money and having money and having these allowances and thinking about different things about me growing up and, like, everyone in my family always knowing that Jacob always wanted to have money and have a lot of money and so on and so forth. Like, once the money isn't, like, the thing that's motivating you, right, what are some of the other things that you've been able to – allow to motivate you as well you mentioned like you know having a a, a woman in high school or in, not in high school but in college that you knew like that helped motivate you what are some of the other things besides maybe typically like the money or the or the woman or someone and so forth that, that are outside of what we would conceive that drives you to go more
1: yeah what it's about now is i mean it still is about money but money is just how you keep score right do you it's think about there's like, a, think there's like a,
2: a, a, a um a negative connotation about that, right? Like like young people talking about, hey, we want to make all this money. Hey, we want to make all this money. Like, why, why is it like that? I mean, it's confusing to me, I think, in some ways. It,
1: it, it's something that's totally foreign to me. My, my, my dad used to joke, because when I was a kid, my favorite superhero was, wasn't was Batman, it was Bruce Wayne. <laughs> like, think about how freaking <laughs> twisted that is. Right? And I came from a low, like lower middle class family sure. that we didn't ever talk about money. It wasn't that big right, a deal. Right. But to me, I always liked the idea of it because... I, I mean, so all, all kidding aside, for those who don't know me, I'm not actually an NBA uh, player <laughs> or of NBA stature, right? Sports was not going to be my thing. But I love the idea of, of going out and competing and and winning. And and so I saw business pretty early on as being a way that I could do that. Sales as being a way that I could do that. Later on, marketing uh, as being a way to do that. So to me, it's, it, it, you know, it's an instrument. I think a lot of what comes out of, um, you know, a lot of the, the anti-money stuff comes from... It, so many people their their only experience with money is not is being in tremendous debt because yeah. of college right i'm I am very sympathetic to to younger generation to the younger generation you know I was told if you go to go to college and you'll get a good job and that'll be fine and for you know younger people that hasn't been true right. and so they went they did what they were supposed to do they got the good grades in high school they got into the right college and they got out and there was no job waiting for them but there was just a m- giant pile of debt so I think because of that you know people have. Um, a a poor understanding of money. Uh, I can tell you, I've been motivated tremendously by, by failure, not because like I failed, I want to do it, but I didn't have any money anymore. You know, when I was, when I was 19, I was making, you know, six figures a year, screwing around on the internet, not knowing it was a lot of money. Um, When I'm 24, I'm quarter million dollars in debt because I, I was going too fast. Didn't know what was going on. Didn't really know how to run a business. Let my expenses get completely out of whack. racked up stuff on credit cards. Didn't know was going. I'm a quarter million dollars in debt. I got out of that hole by not paying taxes for a year. Next thing you know, I'm in a quarter million dollars of debt again. This time to the IRS, and they got freaking missiles. Right? That's motivating. Right? That yeah, will keep right. you very motivated and 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 very very hungry. Um, so I, I do think though, if if there is not something that you want that's extraordinary, then you will only ever be ordinary. Yeah. I right. Think that's pretty you have to have extraordinary desires if you want to be extraordinary. But I want to unpack that word a little bit. It's extraordinary. Extraordinary. That doesn't mean it's just a little bit. You only have to be just like a touch better than everybody else to win. And and, I, and so many of these things are a winner take all. So so what were some of those things you tried then? Because you talk about how it's not this concept of a big idea.
0: Yep. It's this concept of fight throwing a bunch of things at the wall to some degree
1: and finding what you're extraordinary at. What were some of those first things that you tried? So I went, um, I I did a bunch of research on some of the best jobs. So I I, I tried project management. I saw that as being an emerging thing. Um, Got a job, you know, working for a company, an internship, realized I hated it. Uh, there was another one in like competitive intelligence. I was like, "Ooh, it's like I can be a spy." No, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked. You're just doing research all day long. It's awful. So I try anything that sounded cool, right, and that seemed to ring. I mean, I I did my research. I tried it. Even when I started businesses, I was like, I would I was looking into Google and figuring out, okay, what are people searching for? A lot. Now let me go. Okay, is that need being met? All right, I'll do it. So I e books on how to um, how to roll sushi because that was becoming an emerging trend. Like the, the thing about me is I am not um, a, a product centric person. Like I can sell and get excited about just about anything. Sure. I just need to know that people want it. And for me, it's all about the process. Can we come up with a, with a process? And that's what I was able to identify, you know, pretty early on is, you know, a process of converting strangers into customers. And And so now it was just, okay, let's, this is my thing. Let's, let's roll that out. You know, uh, across all of it, and that's the big thing that I that I think I was able to figure out early. That is the reason it all still works.
0: Is it is it war story time?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it it's all sounding good, and I know you're coming from a you know lower middle class family, um, so I know that there's definitely been some war stories and some jobs there. I know we talked a little bit about some of them, but give me give us a war story of a a job, a role, a task in a job uh, that just Seems so menial and, but it taught you a lesson about, you know, one step at a time. And, you know, by doing this, I learned this and now you can reflect back on it and look and say, man, I used to make $150 before lunch and this is what I got from it. I mean,
1: that that would be, as soon as you said, I was like, what's one thing you had to do that you hated? I was like, oh God, Uh, I went and worked in financial services. Right after college, because that's where I, I interned, right? That's where the money is. Yeah. Right? So I was like, I'm going to do this one. Well. <laughs> that's financial in right? it. So. Old, rich, and happy, right? Yeah. And I'm looking around, and I was like, these look like a bunch of like old, rich, happy people. Let's give this one a go. And I get there, and they're like, okay- you're gonna go through training and they're teaching us all about like stocks and bonds and mutual funds and like now you're getting your series like, series seven, like and wear a suit and a tie. I'm like, ooh, I feel like a grown up. Of course, wearing a suit and a tie in Austin, Texas in the summer is like, like <laughs> kill, fun. Kill me. <laughs> kill me. It's like wearing a bikini in Boston in the winter. Um and by the way, oh, I okay. was looking at you when I'm Oh man. Yeah. yeah. yeah, me. yeah. I was like, Wow, what just resonated with <laughs> the people listening. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. A man a man a man No, so um but I was like, this is fun, and then and then when I actually start the job, they're like Okay, cool. Here you go. Have a seat. There's your phone. Hundred dollars a day. Hundred dollars a day. And I yep. remember sitting there, and I don't have I mean it was physical dial, like boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. Right. No, it wasn't a rotary phone, not that old. <laughs> 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 thank you. For that. It up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that though. Yeah, no, it wasn't a rotary phone. So I'm I'm doing my I'm doing my hundred dollars and I remember I would go a whole day and only, you know, the phone would only pick up like half a dozen times. Yep. And I remember sitting on the other end going, please don't answer. Yeah. Please don't answer. We've both had that. Please don't answer. Though. Oh God. And like, I wasn't going to make any money unless someone answered. I was like, God, please Isn't don't answer. Isn't that funny though? Right? Please don't answer. I'm, I'm terrified. And then we did. I was like, Oh, Hey. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, what it taught me was if I did those hundred dials, it, it worked. It taught right. me that, that math works. Right. Now, what I also realized is, and I did this very, very quickly. Um, I, I, there's gotta be a better way. This is insanely inefficient. There has to be a better way. And so we were given these lists and, and the list had a name and right. the list had a phone number. Right. But, but what was really cool is next to the phone number was another thing called an address. And so I was like, okay, what is it that I'm going to say to these people? Like, what's kind of the ideal sales conversation that I want to have? You know, what if I were to, to to just write that in a letter and and fold it and put it in an envelope and a fix a stamp, which I can get all those from from the office before anybody really asks a lot of questions. Is there a way for me to send these out and, and get people to call me back? Right, and that's exactly what I what I started doing. And so when I was calling people, I, I was calling them saying like, "Oh, we've got this new report on this new investment idea that we would love to send out to you. Like, can I get can I confirm your address so we can send it?" It's like this is stupid. Like, it we was your early, early, early. <laughs> d- yeah, I already have all this info, <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm I'm saying to myself. Why don't, why don't I send a letter in the mail saying, if you would like this, you can either send back this card or give us a call, right? Let's just reverse it. It didn't make any sense. I've got this, I've got this giant list of people. I got to kill myself to make a hundred dials or I can just send a hundred letters. Yeah. That's going to take a few minutes and then sit back and see what comes in. Sure. And, and. What was amazing is I had way more meetings than anybody else. Now, once my branch manager realized what I was spending on, on mail, he's like, what's going on? Because as far as they're concerned, you know, kids are cheap and the phone is free. <laughs> so, and when I was getting them in the room, you know, I got this, you know, oldest person looking at this like young kid. And I'm like, let's talk about how to invest your money. Yeah. So my close rate wasn't as strong, but uh, but I fixed that too. I was like, okay, that's not working. I'm going to go partner up with the the main person like the biggest producer in the office right and yep. say okay what am I good at right I'm good at generating a meeting yep so who wants a meeting to whom is a meeting the most valuable person to and I became the most popular person in that office because <laughs> I could generate a meeting so right. you invented the BDR role yeah apparently. <laughs> and, and mailing letters yeah. but it, it, you know it, it came out of it came out of a lot of people like oh does it driven by laziness I abhor inefficiency I just cannot stand inefficiency. And when I'm sitting here looking, it's like, it's one thing if we don't have this information. And I'm like, God dang it. That's their freaking address. Yeah, You know, (laughs) I can get this. And nobody's even picking up the phone. Like, if I send it, I know it's going to wind up in their mailbox. I know they're probably going to open it, especially if I write some stupid crap on the envelope. You know, please open me, smiley face. Like, I was doing all this stuff and, you know, sending it out. And then they were calling me. Asking for it. Yeah, sure. Hey, we're going to send this out. Or, you know, if you want to swing by the office and pick it up, I can do some We can chat about what's going on. Right. That was a game changer. But everything has come out of this doesn't make any freaking sense. And trying. Surely we can make this better.
2: And giving it and trying it. Right. Like having the willingness to take the risk of failing at it. Right. Well, I'll take Try. the risk
1: of also losing my job because uh, I'm a big, Stamps were, well, a, and stamps were not cheap, right? No, I mean, I was spending a fair bit of money. I'm a big believer in ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Yeah, yeah me too. But I remember when the compliance people came in, <laughs> they're like, you're mailing... and Because the compliance people didn't care about the the stamps. They were like, what are you saying in this letter? Oh, right. This yeah. hasn't gone through compliance. <laughs> we haven't reviewed this. Oh, my God. And so everybody, everybody kind of freaked out. But yeah, I mean, it, that... The, the $100 a day I did that yep. I did that and I did that for weeks before I was like this is dumb we gotta do something better mm-hmm. but I learned that math works yep. I learned perseverance and, and, and math w-
2: does work yeah. yeah that's why people do it that's why that it still well, exists right?
1: why do you think why do you think the actual activity of,
0: of emails worked or sorry letters why, why do you think that worked more than calling
1: well because um, it, so the, the math everybody said if you um, if you make a hundred dials then you're going to get uh, two appointments or something like that, right? Sounds about right. But what I did is I broke it up and I said, okay, but if I make 100 dials, how many answers am I going to get, right? right. I, I broke it up and, and I, I went a little bit fractal with the, um, uh, with, with the funnel, right? I was like, let's break this up. Like, what are the other steps? You know, I'm only talking, like I said, to, you know, maybe on a good day, I might talk to 15, 20 people. Right. On a bad day, I only talk to six, right? In terms of, so really the, the open rate... You know the answer rate of this phone call is really, really, really low. Mm-hmm. But the deliverability rate of a first class letter is about 100%. Yep. Yeah. The open rate about about 100%. So at least I know if I send out these letters, 100 people will see the message. Yep. And they're going to see it on their time. And it's not interruptive. So now all I have to be able to do is I have to be able to craft a message. So I had talked to enough people that I knew the opening line that worked when I talked to somebody. I knew the offer. I knew the thing that got it. So now let's just deliver this through this, not newer, through this older, less offensive medium. Yeah, because I think what you just talked about was on their own
0: time. And the, 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 a lot of talks at Inbound are all about how we're moving more towards chat intelligence. And yeah. the reason that works is because of self-selection in terms of how people want to consume information. And I, I, Does that feel like a part of, of why it worked for you? It's
1: everything. Yeah, I mean, I get pissed off when my phone rings. Like, I don't believe it should do that. I believe I should be able to make outbound calls. And I believe that people can it text me weird. if I know them. But it's when, it like just, weird, right? when it just rings, I'm like, what? Stop it, mom. You know, like, <laughs> come on, text me. That's
0: literally the only one who calls me. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: But, but, but no, I mean, it, no, there was not a single person who I called that was sincerely happy to hear from me. Never. Except for one lady. And she was so lonely and all she wanted to do was talk and was not a really good client. But um, wasn't a good prospect. But in general, nobody was happy that I called. But you get a letter in the mail and you're like, okay, like maybe you throw it away, maybe you're ambivalent. But it's not like anybody gets literally like, damn it, you know,
2: uh, why are you wasting my time? Correct, yeah. I'm gonna call that
1: guy right now and yeah. give him a piece of my yeah, mind. Yeah, how dare you exactly. send that letter? Oh, oh, Jacob's. What are we getting a call right oh, now? Look
2: at this, huh?
1: That is oh, uh, see, but see how interruptive that is. Oh. We didn't even plan that. I mean, yeah. but Sometime. that we'll that. edit that out in post. That's <laughs> or, yeah. or not, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. But I think that that kind of thing right there, right where, when when the phone rings, nobody's happy. So for me, the the math of I know I'm going to get 100% deliverability. I know I'm going to get 100% open rate, and and the deliverability on a phone call is 100%. Also, it rings, but the open rate was low. The open rate was, you know, 10 to 15%. So I knew that that math would help, and then I knew that if I could, if the if the message worked, and this is critical, if the message works, it's going to work in other media. So now how can we take this message into more efficient media, right? So let's do that. And would it work? And sure enough, it did. And now also it changed. I didn't think about this at the time, but it it changed the positioning. They're calling me. I'm not calling them. Um, You should just swing by. Let's talk about this. You know, it it changed everything for me.
2: How did you use that strategy with other businesses that you've worked with, right? You mentioned other businesses that you've had, maybe even listing some of those and, not mm-hmm. as like a, a resume, but kind of giving us the idea of like, hey, I believe in this process. We had another guest on uh one of our first guests, actually Ian, um, Danielson who's worked in a lot of different spaces, sold a lot of different things, and kind of spoke to the same message of process, being like, Hey, I can sell, you know, massage massage chairs or stand up paddle boards or whatever. As long as I have the message. As long as I have the message and I can build the process, yeah. Feeling really confident. So hearing that that inbound idea of like catching people at the right time informing them how have you been able to take that methodology and use it with other businesses that you were able to grow
1: everything always starts with if we don't have an offer if we don't have a message that makes sense there is no business Yeah. so the first thing we never say like what's the product right we're like okay what are we going to say that is going to turn a glance into a stare what are we going to say that's going to cause people to do that and now what's the best way to get that message out there mm-hmm. so Again, what's more efficient than sending letters? Well, email. But I can't necessarily cold email a bunch of people. That's called spam. But now there's advertising. I can do Facebook advertising. So I've always been a big believer. I mean, I, I know that, um, that, that there's certainly in these circles, there's a lot of people that are hyper dogmatic, uh, that it's got to be content and it has to be organic. I say, screw that. If you've got a great message, pay to get it in front of people. Right. Right. And from a very, very early uh, very very early in my career I was buying advertising it started with email newsletters because I wanted to build you know I saw the power of of mail mail like sending mail like. so I bet email will work too but I knew that I needed to get them to opt in so that I could mail them because yep. when you're talking about making phone calls like and this was all pre you know now you can't just cold call anybody right, right. Um, but you know you could just get a list of people don't tell my BDR that by the way yeah, well it's business business. That's <laughs> totally fine. We were calling consumers. But but you know, you could just get a list of people, phone numbers, email addresses, you know, go and get it. With email that, that wasn't necessarily wasn't the case. Right. Um so I knew I had to generate it. Yep. Right. So if I want to generate a list of email subscribers, then probably the best place to advertise is, oh, I don't know, on somebody else's email newsletter. Because they've already shown an ability to do the thing that I want them to do. Yep. So let's advertise in these email newsletters. And and my thing was really simple. Cool. My dad gave me an emergency credit card. It has a $500 limit. I can buy an ad over here for $500. What could go wrong? You know, sounds like an emergency. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it's a business emergency. So, I mean, I bought an ad and we got you know, I, I generated some subscribers. Once I made about, you know, I was able to make a little more than $500 in, in sales, paid off my dad's card. There we go. And then uh, and that was the thing got rolling. But it's always about you got to figure out the message. And then how am I going to put this message in front of people? And you do not amplify a message until you know it worked. And that's a critical going back to that 100 dials. Yeah, uh, I, I the worst thing in the world that I could have done would have been to say, I'm not going to make those 100 dials. That's stupid. That's a waste of time. I'm going to write a letter instead. I wouldn't have known what to say. Right. A Digital Marketer, when we decided to launch um, uh, Digital Marketer HQ, which is our, our training and certifications yep. uh, side of the business, it was a brand new product. We didn't know if our market would even buy certifications. We didn't know if they would care, if they would get it. So at our uh, annual event, Traffic and Conversion Summit, um, instead of making an offer for something that, oh, I don't know, existed, um, I announced from the stage, you know, in front of 3,000. I think that that, the event that year was was about 3,000 people. It's like, we're going to be coming out with this thing and it's going to be great. And if you have any questions, come talk to me at the booth. I didn't sell anything. We gave away about a half a million dollars in revenue that would have been generated at the event so I could stand at the booth. And I'm an introvert. This was awful for me. (laughs) So, but I wanted to stand at my own booth. Yep. Right. As the CEO of Digital Marketer, technically, I shouldn't have to do this anymore. I can have somebody else do that, but no, screw that. I'm going to stand at my booth. I'm going to have 100 plus conversations face to face with people. I'm going to pitch and talk about this new product because I want to see when do their eyes light up? When do they go, okay, I'm in now. Great. I've got my message. I've had my ideal sales conversation. I have my message. Now we can amplify it. those hundred dials taught me that that's how you figure out your message. You have to talk to people the phone face to face you gotta talk to him you gotta put in the reps once you figure it out now we can it now we can make it a-